Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hey, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. So it hit me the other day how fast March is going, and I figured while it's still Women's History Month, I would address something that's kind of a hot topic lately, salary transparency laws. So as of January 1st of this year, three new states, California, Rhode Island, and Washington, joined many other states, cities, and counties in the U.S. enacting salary transparency laws. In 2021, Colorado was the first state to implement a law requiring employers to proactively and publicly list salary ranges on job advertisements for work that could be done in-state. Since then, many other states and localities have implemented similar laws, while there is a slew of other laws that say employers must disclose the minimum and maximum pay to job candidates at some point during the hiring process. So, We're making a lot of progress, which is incredible. I'm actually going to link in the show notes um, a a list of where salary transparency laws are in effect because I think it's really cool for us to all check out. So obviously, in doing this, there's benefits to both the employer and the employee. For the employer, it helps to develop trust, right? So when employers disclose how they make pay decisions, the employees start to trust that their compensation is fair. It helps with talent acquisition. The decision to include a pay range in a job posting means that, you know, we can ensure that the pay range is competitive enough to entice qualified candidates to apply. Businesses that pay below market value are going to need to compete for talent in other ways, right? So they need to promote things like uh, flexible work hours, remote work, advancement opportunities, things that are completely separate from pay, which makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, It helps with retention. Employees who know that their pay reflects their performance and experience may be more likely to stay with their employer rather than seek opportunities elsewhere. And it can help with productivity too because pay transparency can sometimes renew an employee's commitment to their jobs, which could mean that they try harder to deliver results, fully knowing that they're getting paid what they deserve, right? And for the employee, obviously, the intention is that it's going to give workers more leverage to negotiate their earnings and close those wage gaps. If companies are forced to advertise salaries for open positions and current employees can freely discuss pay, applicants are going to be less likely to receive or accept lowball offers, which is going to help marginalized groups stop playing small. Studies have shown that women and minority candidates are more likely to receive these kind of lowball offers. So this is helping all of those groups, which is an incredible thing. And I'm so glad that we're making steps in this direction. But here's the thing. When we've grown up in a culture where there's such a stigma and shame around talking about what we earn and women and other minority groups weren't taught how to advocate for themselves, 
how can we just do a complete 180 just because a law was passed? Like now that these laws are in place and not fully across our country, by the way, it's like we're all of a sudden supposed to just now with the flip of a switch, solve the gender pay grab once and for all, right? But it doesn't work like that. We need to do our part. We need to get curious about money and we need to develop self-awareness and start challenging those beliefs and stories that are holding us back from advocating on our own behalf. In my mind, women are so hesitant to talk about money and open up because we hold so much shame and fear underneath it all. Shame that, I don't know, maybe we're not making enough. Shame that we're making too much and that might bother or offend somebody else. Fear that if we talk about it, we'll sound too ambitious and then people aren't going to like us. It's unbelievable what our subconscious brains will tell us sometimes. But when we talk about money in a completely non-judgmental way, in a safe environment with others who we feel comfortable with, we have the opportunity to help ourselves and other women move out of that shame and move away from that fear. When we have conversations around salary, we allow other women to assess their own worth and then have the autonomy to decide if they think they're being underpaid or not and determine if they want to do something about it. But we don't know any of that if we're not having these conversations. How can we possibly know what to ask for if we're uneducated on what's really going on? Knowledge is power isn't just a phrase that we just say, right? It's something that we need to embody. We, we owe it to ourselves and to other women to get out of our comfort zones and have difficult conversations. And the more we practice having difficult conversations, the less difficult they become. Again, this is all part of the process of supporting each other and encouraging a healthy relationship with money and with ourselves. Think of it this way. By not having money conversations around salary and what everyone else is earning and what how we feel about money, we're not only stifling our own earning potential, but we're also harming other women and undermining our collective worth. And this has an impact not only on us, but on future generations, because those kids are watching us. They're watching everything that we're doing. Why do we avoid talking about money so much? Because it's scary for so many reasons. First of all, we don't want to appear stupid. At least I don't, because that's a big one for me. So we avoid topics that we're less knowledgeable on. But we need to have a little compassion for ourselves here because how could we possibly have knowledge on something that we were never taught? Another reason it's scary is because as women, we're conditioned to want people to like us, like I just mentioned. We're conditioned to not rock the boat, to, to stay quiet and do what we're told. And when we stand up for ourselves and for our value and for our worth, we come across as aggressive or, oh, maybe the B word, which has a negative interpretation. And all we want is for people to like us. So why would we do this to ourselves? Why would we put that, that, that in jeopardy, that ability to be liked, right? This has been my experience. I was taught to just appreciate what I have, right? And what I do is I then internalize it. I make it about me instead of the system, 
in the process. Like, oh, okay, I must not deserve a larger salary because I'm not smart enough to be earning that, or I must not be doing a good enough job. Somebody else out there is smarter and better than me, and they deserve it more. So let's be real here. Having laws around salary transparency is incredible. It's a step in the right direction, and it brings attention to what we already know, that women are rarely being paid their actual worth. Being more open about salary is a start. But I don't think that this alone is the solution to a bigger systemic issue. We need companies to do their part, and we also need to learn how to advocate for ourselves and do our part. I've talked before about Reshma Saujani on the show and the incredible work she's doing to help working mothers. I'm a huge fan of hers. She has a new book called Pay Up, The Future of Women and Work, where she says, We participate in a workforce and live in a society that doesn't make having it all actually possible, contrary to popular belief, right? She calls this the big lie because we're told that. We're told that we can have it all, but we're not given the tools to actually live it and do it. So where does that leave us? I think it all starts with ourselves. All change starts internally. First and foremost, we need to work on having a healthy relationship with ourselves. We need to develop awareness of our values and our passions and our skills and our triggers. And we need to be curious about it all without judgment. And that helps us build confidence. And then we need to start talking to other women and encourage other women to do this exact same thing. We need to lift each other up. We need to empower each other and to advocate for each other and teach each other how to advocate for themselves. There's an incredible power and energy that comes with this. When we see each other living up to our actual potentials, it inspires so many others. And I know me alone, right? Just by myself and my experience, I'm not living up to my true potential, but I know I can. It's just a matter of feeling comfortable enough with myself in order to do that. I know this may sound cheesy, but that's where I am right now. I'm a little fired up. So (laughs) Um, this is what you got. Because I care so much about helping women. We owe it to ourselves and to our kids and to the next generation of leaders, male or female. I don't care. Like I said before, they're watching us and they're absorbing everything that we are saying and doing and acting and portraying in this world. We've got to stop playing small. Okay. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to me rant a little bit. If you want to hear more from me, go check out my Instagram page at Money Isn't Scary and join my Facebook group, The Mindful Money Mamas. And please, you guys, be kind to yourselves. I'll talk to you next time. 